0: Hello, come one, come all, reaching to you via the World Wide Web, from the high desert and the great American Southwest, from the beautiful state of Utah, this is Conversations at Midnight. I am your host, Tuesday, and today we're going to be enjoying a nice, smooth, hopefully it's smooth, episode. Very casual, very chillaxing. As I said in my previous show, uh, I'll be transitioning jobs. So uh, maybe around the time that this episode airs, I will be gone. Gone. I will be already out in the wilderness during <laughs> this is where it gets a little crazy in the wilderness during a, um, uh, weather advisory. And yes, the job clearly stated, we don't stop for anything. So we, I, I, I will be in the middle of, um, a severe snowstorm. It seems like, so that'd be really interesting. um, yeah, so we're going to have to see where that takes me. So, probably by the time you're listening to this, I'm already wrapped up in a ball. Um, and the tent is just covered in snow. With no communication at all for, from anyone. So, hopefully the scheduling goes up great and everything goes uh, fine. But because of that, I thought, you know what, today's topic, let's just keep it, keep it natural, keep it original... You know, in the sense of uh, classic, classic conversations. I'm in night where I'm gonna read some stories and talk about some th- some experiences and all that surrounding the subject of camping, outdoors, things like that. So, before I jump into it, I uh, I'm gonna go through my usual routine. As I'm doing that, you can just prepare yourself. You know, you can get ready. You can snuggle up in that bed or whatnot. And uh yeah. So routine. I do have uh for anyone listening, anyone new to the show, I have a email that you can write. That email is stories at midnight at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. I actually really like Yahoo. On top of that, I actually have a uh I'm loyal to a fault. So I've been using it for so long, I'm just loyal to Yahoo, so I don't see the point in changing. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But, stories at midnight at yahoo.com. If you have a creepy story, if you have a weird story, something unnatural, unusual, unsettling, uncanny, please make sure to send that to me, and I will read it on the podcast. Um, And it, it, it doesn't have to be something out of this world. It could be weird as in realistic. You know, maybe you met some creepy old guy who was trying to, I don't know, snip at your butt cheeks or something, you know, like something creepy. As long as it's creepy, as long as it's weird, I will read it. Now, don't say, no. okay, when I say weird, I don't mean, you know, anything stupid where it's like, yeah, and then the cheese had mold on it. Creepy, huh? No, no, it's not. I want, you know, I want that unnatural stuff, that creepy uh, and if you would like an example, well, I have a catalog of stories that I'm going to read. And hopefully, you know, if you have something along the lines of this or anything like that, then by all means, go ahead. <clears throat> if anyone has any creepy road trip stories, I'm actually planning on doing some sort of road trip um, topic in the future. And it'll be really cool to have an original story from one of my listeners. So, i will be really nice. Now, Uh, email, once again, stories at midnight at yahoo.com. As you can hear in the background, I have my matches. Today is going to be a candle episode. So, with me, in front of me, I have the, uh, you know, man, I've been using this for the past two episodes and I love it. I've, I've been trying to, like, switch back and forth between, like, these different candles and stuff. I think, like, between episode eight to 12 i was using a tobacco one and oh my goodness it was amazing it was so enjoyable but this one i am le- uh it's it's the blackberry brandy it smells so good it smells oh yeah it just smells so delightful i don't know how you would I, I don't i definitely have to go to walgreens and buy more like i seriously do um that'd be really yeah i think that'd be really fruitful. Uh, if you want if you want this candle in particular, I don't know how it is in other countries, I don't know how it is in other states, but I know for Utah, I got this at a Walgreens, the brand is Scents and Spirits, the collection, made with soy wax and a cotton wick, it is black berry brandy. Oh, it's from New York, hand poured in Wellsville, New York. It has an approximate 60 hour burn time, and you know what, that's so true. Last episode that I recorded, I left, you know, once I was done and I was done doing the edits and stuff, I left for six hours, I came back and the candle was still on and I forgot to blow it out, but, and, and it's still like, probably about has half of its life left and it's just, it's, it's great, it's great. So, let's go, Uh, you know, let's go ignite this and let's, and let's prep, let's relax, you know, let's just, just unwind nothing stressful, nothing crazy. Let's just relax here. So let's let's Ooh. There she is. Oh, and there's nothing like the scent of a match. So Ooh, sorry, that was a little loud. I put the candle down and accidentally kind of slipped a little bit out of my hand. So sorry for the sound in the background. Okay. Where were we? Thank you for joining me today. Wherever it is that you may be. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're working out and you're listening to me, whether you're driving late at night and you're enjoying the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, There are no real announcements. I have no current events. Uh, The only thing I can say is lately I've been, you know, there's been like, "Ah, actually, you know, I guess, yeah, sure. Uh, I guess for current events, I believe um, California received an earthquake. I believe it was uh, like San Francisco around there. I think it was 3.6 on the Richter scale. So that's another set of earthquakes in different parts of the world. A little interesting. We should keep an eye on that. Um, I um, I touched down a little bit. I'm going to say it one more. I, th- I, I think I'm think going to touch this down on this episode, and then I'm done talking about it for the rest of the show. Uh, probably for the rest of Conversations at Midnight's existence, unless anything major happens. But for now, I will say, um, I last episode I touched base on the events happening in the Ukraine, involving them in Russia, and um, I—my whole point of that was to just touch down on it, and I'm not talking about it again. So I have no news. I will not talk about that side of um, that side of the planet. Uh, not saying that I, you know, I don't support them or anything like that, or I don't support anybody, or I don't know. It's just uh, some things are meant to be talked, some things are meant to be spoken about, and some things aren't especially from certain people one of the biggest things i find the most infuriating is that how you can have like an actor and then he gets up on a mic and he's like let me tell you about politics and it's like no one you're listen you're an actor no one cares you know and uh i stand true to that i am a guy behind a mic doing a podcast talking about weird things i am in no position to talk about politics and who's right who's wrong um That's not my thing. It's just not. So, I will not share my opinions. I will not... The only thing I said, and I stand true on this, no matter which side you stand on, it's safe to say that it is unfortunate that innocent people are dying. You know, people who... Everyday people like me. Or like you, you know. Imagine if one of my listeners is like this... (laughs) He's like this, like, God in his country. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, no, I don't know what you mean. But, you know, like, the normal blowjobs of the world, you know, everyday people. And there's people who are dying right now. Um, I think the last time, like, the last number I looked at, it was, uh, it was in, like, the tens of thousands, I think. And so, that's unfortunate, you know, lives cut shorter than I'm sure god or the universe or the creator or karma whatever it is you want to believe uh intended it to be so but just so everyone knows that i'm absolutely clear um i will not talk about politics i will not get into it that is the one thing that my um that the man that has heavily inspired me did that i really didn't that are that i really won't do and that is art bell you know from time to time he'll talk about politics and stuff um not as much as george nori i'm not a fan of him as we all know but it is what it is, um, but yes, no, I, uh, I'm, I won't talk about politics. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay away from that. I will talk about anything else. Basically, I'll talk about that. You know, like why is it that you haven't uh, painted the rest of your toenails? Why is it like only three of your toes are still painted? Hmm, Janice, you know, like I, I'd rather talk about that before I talk about anything else. So. But without further ado, I'm so sorry for that. I just wanted to throw that in there, that little disclaimer, that Conversations at Midnight is definitely not a political podcast. It, ha- it hasn't, never will be, uh, as long as I live and breathe. So, now, in brighter topic, we're talking about, you know, since I talked about being camping and my new job, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, I got all these, like, creepy camping stories or, you know, the wilderness stories, and I wanted to print them. That's why you hear paper in the background. Uh, I wanted to print it because, it, I don't know, it's just it's just nice to have something tangible, you know, something I could feel it, flip through it, you know, it just seems legit. Um, some people might go, well, that's a waste of paper. You could have just had it on the screen. I know. I don't know. I, I like having something, you know, in the future to save on paper, I'm actually contemplating, um, purchasing a tablet of some sort, maybe like an iPad Pro or something, I don't know, with like the little pen, you know? Something that I can easily work with in uh, in the podcast that I could actually hold up to to my face. Not inches, of course, but you know, I just like, I don't know, I like it. It feels good. So, yes, I will be, uh, so to start off the show, I will be, Uh, working in wilderness, middle of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, we're just hiking. It's more of like a therapy thing for other people. And I'll be somewhat of a guide, a mentor, if you will. And um, I will be nine days away in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) in the mountains somewhere. and uh, But I will have 11 days off. And that'll be really nice because then I could just take the podcast on the road for 11 days at a time, and that'll be really cool, so. Now, 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 because of that, I was sitting there, and I thought, what would be a good topic, you know, because I have, like, all these other topics, but I I really want that to be when the podcast finds, when the podcast obtains the funding, because I really want to go all all out on these topics, you know, I want to show you guys that I'm not just, uh, I'm not just some some guy in a basement, you know. And so anyway, I I guess I just wanted to show you my passion for the weird and the unusual of the world. So, but I thought, you know, let me read some of these stories and see, you know, see what the hubbub is. So, I found a collection of five stories. Okay. 5. And some are long and some are just a paragraph long. So, and I'll start off with the first one right now. <clears throat> uh, I got all these on Reddit. I like to like scroll through Reddit, and sometimes I find some stories, and I go, "Oh my gosh, that's really interesting," you know, or "Oh wow, that's okay, sure." So I, I, I didn't carefully choose these. I just, I just, it, it just felt good. Like when I read it, I was like, you know what, that could go on the show. I think I read like a total of like thirty, and I only chose five. And uh, I don't know. That was just a, that was just a good number that I felt like should be there. Just five, nothing more, nothing less, nothing too crazy. So the first story is written by, and I am giving credit. I made sure to f- really get credit going. Um, this story is written by K M I A official on Reddit, and the story goes. As follows. When I was younger, say around 14 or 15 years old, my family used to camp at a state park. Every night, my friend and I would walk through the woods. We called this the ritual. This particular night, we decided to walk further into the woods than we usually do. We had flashlights and we'd like to try and navigate through the woods with them turned off. We were about half a mile from the nearest campsite when we heard soft whispering behind us. Obviously, we hit the flashlights and spun around. We didn't see anything, so we kept walking, and then we hear it again. This time we stopped. We looked around a bit before we decided to head back to our campsite. Then we see what was whispering. It's a lady crawling on the ground, whispering random words to herself. She was wearing dark clothes and was covered in dirt. When she sees that we noticed her, she stands up and declares that she's looking for her campsite. We ended up walking her back to the campground and tried helping her find her group. Turns out she was either super drunk or high, and she got lost trying to find a bathroom. Her friends didn't even notice that she was missing. And if we didn't go that far into the woods, she would have, or possibly may have been lost all night. It was pretty creepy indeed. So. <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought it'd be interesting. You know, I it, it has the buildup of like, and we saw a demon crawling on all fours and declaring his love for Satan. But no, it, it, you know, it was the cousin of a demon. It was a, it was someone, of, it was someone, uh, someone uh, influenced by, by narcotics. No, I'm just kidding. But um, first of all, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of friends she has, but those aren't friends. To sit there and be like, oh, yeah, no, we had no idea where she was. Because you know why? They probably would have woke up the next day sober and been like, oh, my gosh, what happened to Carol? Where's Carol? Oh, no, someone must have taken her from the camp. And then, you know, when in reality, she just left to go pee. And she may not have never been found for a while, you know. And so that's the... um, you know, I don't know, that's, those are some weird friends there, I don't know that girl's name, and I doubt she's, would ever even hear of this podcast, if she was like, yeah, hey, that was me crawling in the woods, but, um, you should probably, you should probably get some new friends, and, uh, you know, maybe, and I don't mean this in an offense to anybody, but maybe a little more responsible with your substance abuse, I wouldn't say abuse, but, you know, using your substances, abuse was a wrong word, I apologize, but, You know, I wouldn't definitely do that during camping. That's not safe or sanitary, you know? Now, if you want to take the edge off and have a couple beers or... And I do mean a couple... A pair. One and two. You know, sure, go ahead. (laughs) So, I have a story of my own. I, um... So, I (laughs) like... Nerd alert. I like to play Dungeons & Dragons. I, I genuinely think it's really fun i um i first played it in japan out of all places i was with a gentleman from utah ironically and he um i guess i could i guess i should say coincidentally he was from utah but he he told me and the other people that we were with about it and i said oh no i've never played it so literally probably the next hour after that he told me well, dude, let's do this. So I created a character and I just, you know, and we started playing and it was insanely freaking fun. And um, anyway, ever since then, I just, you know, I just had this appreciation for Dungeons and Dragons. And I came across uh, this gentleman I know. I won't say his name, (laughs) obviously, but um, I don't know. Let's call him Dave. And so I spoke to Dave one time and I said, hey, um, you know, how's life? How's everything? And we started talking and he told me that he plays Dungeons and Dragons, too. And I thought, oh, my gosh, dude, I've been looking. I've been looking for a group of people to play with. And he, and he said, well, you want to play sometime? I said, absolutely. So I think like a week or two goes by. And Dave was actually my employee. So I, I, I saw him at work. And I had this thought in my head, I was like, oh man, how cool would it be if we went to the woods, you know, like we went camping up the canyon, you know, I get a group of people, we camp, we do some D&D, we have a good time, and then we go home like the next day or two. So I told him about it, and he he thought it was amazing, like he was all for it, right? So we, um, you know, we planned it and everything and I even took my I even took my bus uh, my 1971 Volkswagen transporter and we you know we packed the bus we went up there dude it was legit I took out the middle seat so I had all this room like this middle bench seat and all this room and we like all sat in a circle in the middle of the bus underneath is a beautifully crystal clear sky just stars everywhere and you know we we had the fire in the background and it was just nice and um it sounds beautiful right you know it it sounds amazing well the issue (laughs) the issue is is that uh dave dave um dave was secretly drinking hard alcohol I mean really just hard alcohol. And um he was slowly and slowly becoming intoxicated and we had no idea. And I didn't I thought that like his like bubbly attitude you know was happening just because you know he was like opening up to us cuz some people you know that's how they open up and you know they shouldn't be judged for that. But, you know, he starts he starts talking to us and, you know, he starts opening up more and he's making jokes. And I was like, wow, Dave is like really enjoying himself. And I and, man, I was I was breaking my arm, you know, trying to give myself the pats on the back, you know. And I was just like, wow, I, way to go, Tuesday. Way to go, man. And then he like stood up for a second and he went to like toss like a piece of paper in the fire. And before anyone goes, "Eh, well, that's bad for the, no, seriously, it was like this tiny piece of paper and it didn't have any, it was just solid paper, no plastics, no nothing. It was just a piece of paper that he had and he just tossed it in and he like his chair slipped a little bit. So he went to get it and he was probably separated from the fire about like a foot and a half away, maybe two feet away from the chair he struggled getting to that chair and i mean struggled getting to that chair his like his feet were shuffling his knees were like on the buckle and and and, and he was and i i, uh, I and I, I don't mean this in like an insulting way just he it looked sad like it looked pitiful and, and I really don't mean, it sounds harsh, but I don't mean that in like a judgmental way, but you know, it just looked really, that's when it hit me. Like I'm staring at him and I'm like, why couldn't he get to his chair? Cause he was a healthy, he's a healthy guy, you know, very healthy, but I'm staring at him and I'm thinking to myself, why can't you get into your chair? And then I look over and you know, he, he, he had this plastic bag with him, like majority of the night. And so I kind of like glance over at it and I really try to like stare into the plastic bag. And lo and behold, he had like six cans of beers. I'm talking like the tall things, you know, like the like the 28 ounces, the 30 ounces of alcohol of just pure beer. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Whoa. And this and, and he drank them all. So he was slowly losing it. Right. And then he had this water bottle. He had this water bottle with him, and he, um, he, you know, he was taking sips out of it and stuff and all that. At some point, you know, we tried to play the game, and it it sucked. It sucked, and the game never happened. He spoiled the ending of the story because you know he was like hammered, and we, you know, we weren't having a good time and the two other people that I was with like they cuz they don't they don't drink or anything they they looked visibly disappointed like they're like oh my gosh I really wanted to have fun and now you know uh the dm the the dungeon master is intoxicated beyond belief and um <laughs> anyway We, um, oh man, sorry, I just started thinking about it. Anyway, so we pretty much wrapped up the game early and we all thought, hey, let's just go to bed. And so I was laying down. I was, I took like the big portion of the bus because it's my bus and I could do what I want with it. And I called the biggest spot where I could stretch out and lay down. Even though I'm not that tall, I'm like 5'9", 5'10", maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, I was like chilling, laying down, stretching out. And I had a friend, he slept on the other bench. And he stood up and he goes, hey, I'm going to get some water. I said, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm like, I think there's a bottle over there that's unopened. Well, that friend wasn't the brightest. And he just grabbed a random water bottle opened it and he took a sip it touched his lips and he spit that water out and I sit up and I stare at him and I go are you okay and he goes what the heck was that and I'm like what do you mean and he goes I don't know what that was but uh that burned and that was not water and I'm thinking what and he goes yeah yeah and he and then he hands it to me And then I smell it and I go, yeah, no, I don't know what that is. I have no idea. (laughs) And so, (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I look over and the guy who's drunk, you know, he's staring at us and he goes, oh, you know what, maybe it's lake water, man. And I go, yeah, you know what, dude? It's probably lake water. The water probably gone bad. And so that friend who like, tried the sip of it he's like really i'm like yeah it's possible anyway i gotta go pee do you want to join me and he's like yeah sure so we so we go over and i'm like dude that was straight alcohol and he's like really anyway just to wrap up that little bit of the story pretty much we uh ended up talking to a friend of ours who uh who has experience (laughs) if you will with drinking he uh, i and i kept the bottle i hid it and he took a sip of it, and he's like, yeah, no, that's probably either uh, the vodka or schnapps. He goes, I can't really tell. It has some weird flavoring to it. So I thought, "Oh, okay, that's interesting. But he he did say, though, that it was the hard stuff. And yeah, so he was disguising alcohol to be water in a water bottle. But I guess I'm saying it because, you know, it's... I'm saying this story because of the irresponsibility of it. I don't know if that makes sense, but... You know, it's like, do you know how crazy it would have looked if he would have just, like, tripped, bashed his head on a rock, (laughs) died? Like, I know it's like, that's an extreme example, but just bear with me. It dies, and then we, like, talk to a cop. Like, yeah, no, dude, he just, like, he was insanely drunk, tripped and fell, banged his head. And the cop would look at the three of us and go, you guys aren't drunk? No, we don't drink. So you, so the one guy who was with you is intoxicated and he just so happens to bash his head in. yeah, you know, suspicious that looks like that looks bad. That looks bad. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is like, can you please don't do that? Don't do what Dave did. Just tell, just tell whoever you're with. Hey, listen, you know, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to crack a few beers to unwind. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, I, I don't, I don't see what would be wrong with that, you know? But don't do it in secret. You know, just be real about it. Hey, listen, you know, I I brought this, you know, warms me up, makes me feel good. Do do you mind if I have some? And then continue on. You know, it's just a courtesy thing, you know, because that was really dangerous. That was really dangerous of him. Oh, my goodness. But yes, so when it comes to that, you know, oh, and like we had, like we kept eyes on him like a hawk. We didn't want him to trip because he got that drunk, so we didn't want him to trip and fall, bang his head, nothing. And so I guess in that moment we were much better friends than <laughs> this woman's friends group is in this story. You know, and uh, that's the thing: just just be a friend, look out for people and things like that, because uh, these friends who uh, and, and and I'm sure that they were just as drunk. As her, and I know it's like, but we are good friends. It's just we were a little drunk, too. Friends don't let friends put themselves in dangerous positions like that. Don't get drunk in the woods. You know what I mean? At least have somebody who's sober. I don't know. Go go meet one of those uh, sober Christians <laughs> and talk to them about it. You know what I mean? Like, we go, hey, listen, would you mind, you know, and pray that they're cool with it because that's not a fun experience. Believe me, I've been there. But, needless to say, yes, don't, come on, you know, let's just be safe out there. And also, I'm a little annoyed because they seem, because uh, the only time I've ever known of people who get hammered in the middle of the woods, they always, almost always leave their campsites disgusting and just littered. And it's it upsets me, it just grinds my gears. So, story number two. This one is posted by Nobo. The actual spelling is N underscore O underscore B underscore O. Nobo. The story is, and I quote, I posted this on another thread back in August, but I'd figured I shared it again. Of the countless hours I've spent in the woods, it's the one time these very few seconds that i myself cannot explain you see i didn't i like to distance hike when i can sometimes this means getting up really early and staying out really late to get as many miles in as possible sometimes walking in the pitch dark with a low light headlamp gets spooky oh i bet i i bet i grew up in the woods in this area And I've spent under our canopy more nights than I can count. I've trekked thousands of miles of trail, riverbanks, lake shores, ridge, the bottoms, bogs, and creeks. I've hunted the game. I'm establishing this because it's important you understand that I've heard, seen, and smelled about all this region has to offer in any way of the wilderness. My scariest experience, though, happened about maybe around 4.30 in the morning. It was late spring, so the first morning light wouldn't be visible in the treetops for another 30 to 45 minutes. Then it's another hour past that until sunrise. I was on mile 5. I'm in a low bottom that's wedged between two steep ridges. The trail I'm on was narrow and muddy and completely hemmed by a thick underbrush, young maple, and old oak growth. I'm focused on the small light from my headlamp, just one step after another, zoned out, and then I heard a loud crack, and I froze solid. This is the part I have trouble describing. 4.30 in the morning in springtime means... I'm the only thing making noise. No birds chirping, nothing. Just the dead quiet. Midstep, I froze. When flight or fight kicks in, excuse me, <clears throat> when fight or flight kicks in, you have these immediate instinct, instinctual thoughts. The, th- the thought that instantly flashed in my mind as I stood there balancing myself into silence was, if I hear that again, I'm turning around and I'm going back the way I came in a hurry. Why, you may ask? Because that sound was not a branch breaking. It was not the deadfall. It wasn't a whittle maker. I was darn sure I had just heard something intentional. Hearing it twice, well, that meant you got to get out of there. To describe it as best I can, it sounded like a decent-sized wooden stick being violently whacked against a smallest tree. More of like a of like a of like a little bat-sized stick. More so that than a, than an actual baseball bat. The distinction in my head. M- being that this sound was a crack and not a thud or a thump, and I have described it as explosive in the past because it was so sudden and it was also so terribly loud. I had the sense that it was about 50 yards directly in front of me and it was loud and clear. Now as I stood there, completely spooked, I realized the soon-to-be-worst part of my situation I knew where the sound came from, and I knew where the trail went. In about 30 yards, I was going to come to a 180 degree turn and start up the ridge going away from the creek. This meant as soon as I got the courage to move towards the noise, I was going to have to turn my back on it and get up that ridge. This made me very, very nervous. My head is somewhere between either a meth fiend murderer or Bigfoot. Minutes pass, I just breathe my foggy breath into my glasses and listen. Nothing. It was dead quiet. I've got about 20 to 30 minutes until the first light. I crank up the headlamp and start to slowly creep to the 180-degree turn. When you wear a headlamp in the woods at night, every tree branch in front of you casts a big, black, moving shadow on the trail, and that didn't help. I get to the turn, and I quickly make the bend. I'm moving pretty fast at this point, trying to be quiet taking tiny, slow breaths so I can listen while humping it up to the trail. And then I smell it. A stench hits me that I cannot describe. The best that I can say is just imagine wet, rotten death. I've actually worked scenes where humans have expired in a past life As a firefighter, this was like 10 days old decomposition, but it just smelled strange. I kept walking fast. By the time I made it to the top of that ridge, I was huffing, and the first light was showing. I didn't stop moving until the full light was out and the birds were chirping. I've heard it all in our woods. I've smelled it all, but I'm telling you, I don't know what the hell that was. The deadfall and especially leafed out branches makes it a lot of noise on the way down. I've heard it many times, but that I just don't know. Wow. I thought that was just <clears throat> I thought I I thought that one would be really enjoyable. <laughs> The very idea of hiking through something and you, you know, you hear the noises and you smell the smells. You, you, you can hear things a thousand times and you can go through a bunch of experiences. But there's always something uh, intriguing about most of these stories. And there's going to be a, a few of them, the next three, that will probably also have this same thing in common. And what that thing is, is that us humans, we have this innate ability this sixth sense we we really do have it it's this survival that is embedded in our genetic coding you know we're biologically programmed to have that that weird sense where we know something is unusual something is unnatural i've um I went camping one time. I think I think I said this once in, uh, before in a previous episode, but I'll say it again. I went camping once in Georgia in a place called Camp Rainy Mountain. You can look it up. Camp Rainy Mountain, somewhere in, the, in Georgia of the United States. And, um, you know, I went camping there, and lo and behold, it's basically on a mountain beautiful campsite it's such a gorgeous looking campsite it was it's really nice but there was this point in the middle of the night we were as a bunch of teenagers are we were playing manhunt and it's basically like intense tag (laughs) or like hide and seek but we called it manhunt and you know we um we're in the woods and all that and Anyway, the game ends and I thought, hey, I'm going to go for a walk if anybody wants to join me. And there's this one kid in particular. Uh, he was a little bit older than me, probably about two years older than me. He agreed to come with me. So we started going, and this is like two in the morning, but we start going down this trail. We're walking and we're talking. And both him and I, at the same time, spontaneously, for no, for no rhyme or reason, we just stopped walking. Mid-walk, we stopped And we just stared into this part of the woods. We just stared. We stared into this piece of like like this darkened part of the woods. We only had like a little flashlight that would not go far at all. But we were just in this darkened part of the woods. And we were just staring into the darkness. And we didn't say, hey, look over there or no. Like we both just ended up staring that way. And it was clear to our right. And I'm talking like we had to turn 90 degrees to our right. Like that far right. But we just stared. We didn't hear a noise. We didn't hear anything. But we're just staring. And we're observing deep into the woods. And then suddenly, you hear walking. Maybe about four or five steps. And just like a movie, just like those horror movies, uh, a branch snaps and you hear leaves and stuff. And the kid that I was with yells into the woods, into the darkness, like, hey, man, stop. You know, and he yells it, and then the walking stops. And I cannot, I don't, I have no idea how to explain this feeling. I have no idea. And my eyes were bouncing all over the darkness, looking to see if I see some sort of formation, some, some sort of something from this, you know, any sort of shape. And I couldn't, it was pure dark. But we're staring... And the feeling that I have, and I can't explain it, but I knew, I knew something was staring at us like a snack. It's, it's a very odd feeling, very uncomfortable feeling, having this stare, having something acknowledge you, and looking at you as below it. Like on the food chain, you are beneath me. And it was it was an incredible feeling, and not in the good way, but it, it was an incredible feeling. It was very strong, and I and I can't, I still gives me chills this day just thinking about it. We we ended up sprinting it back to camp, and nothing creepy happened since, but or since that like the rest of that uh, trip, nothing else happened. But that night was weird. It was uncomfortable. The mountains are a weird place. I'll, I will tell you that much. this next story this next story was uh, submitted by MT underscore stray cat I believe there's an underscore no I'm sorry no underscore MT space stray cat and I chose this one because it takes place in uh, in the 80s and let me tell you something uh, about the 80s I love the 80s um, I'm not you know I'm not saying like I would, I like their clothes. No, no, no. But I love the 80s in the sense of that time of the world was very creepy. The 80s and the 90s had this weird atmosphere to it. Very, very uncomfortable. You know, like almost anything went. And if you think about it, that was a weird time to just be alive. You know, you have all these like serial killers alive, you have all these people just, I mean, the country was in a chaotic time during the Cold War. Uh, there was music about freedom and being free, and it was just it, literally everything that you can imagine <laughs> just being put on a loudspeaker blaring at once, you know. The creepiness, you know. Alien visitations in the 80s were insanely high. It was such a weird and unique time. So so I, I, I'm a sucker for stories that take place in the 80s. So... The story is, in the late 80s, I was in my early 20s, and two friends and I went camping in central Florida. Oh my gosh, 1980s Florida, I can only imagine how that was. Two of us were working for the park service at the time, so we were able to camp for free in other parks in the state. Both of us had done a lot of camping before, me I grew up camping with my family on every single vacation all over the state. For the other friend with us, this was her first camping trip ever. We were camping in the youth area, which was empty that weekend, and was quieter and more isolated than the regular campsites. Later in the afternoon on the second day of our trip, we were all sort of spread out in the area of the campsite. Being within shouting distance, but enjoying a little solitude. Beautiful. That's a beautiful setup. I was collecting firewood. Every now and then, I'd kind of feel like someone was watching me. I'd look around, see and hear nothing. And then I shrug it off and go back to what I was doing. Later on, around sunset, we had the bonfire started. One of the rangers, who actually lived on site about a quarter mile away, came over with a truckload of firewood and a six-pack of beer. We all sat around talking for a while. Well, after dark, we could suddenly hear what was probably a bunch of teenagers fooling around on one of the trails a couple miles away. But since the trails were closed at sunset, the ranger and my co-worker drove off to shoo them back to their campsites. My other friend and I were just relaxing around the fire, talking a little, mostly enjoying the night and peace and quiet. All of a sudden, I got this cold chill go over me. The hair stood up on the back of my neck, and out of nowhere, for no reason, I was terrified. I tried to ignore it, but it just kept building, I didn't say anything to my friend. I didn't want to scare her. But then I glanced over at her and she glanced at me and she said, Do you feel that? I looked at her and I said, Yeah. I think maybe we'd better go to the car. We both felt like we were in deadly danger, but no idea from what. We started walking at a casual pace, not wanting to appear scared, Then halfway to the car, we looked at each other again and simultaneously broke into a dead sprint. We reached the car, jumped in, locked the doors, and turned on the headlights. I sat there with my pistol. Good on you. Good on you. Sat there with my pistol, feeling like it was totally inadequate for whatever was out there. But we both just sat there, looking straight ahead. We were afraid to look around. I had this feeling at one point that if I turned my head and looked out the window I'd see something that would drive me absolutely insane I didn't know how long we sat there it was probably just a few minutes but it felt like forever then it just left we could actually feel it going away a few minutes after that the other two came back in the truck We kind of laughed it off afterward, but I'll tell you, I've never been that scared before or since. I've faced a lot in my life, and nothing has completely terrified me like that. I don't know what it was, but I'm still convinced that we were in terrible, terrible danger. Florida. Florida is a very, very unusual state i am i i already shared a few of my stories from my experiences in florida and it's not all of them not all of them i'm just saving some of these for uh for topics in the future for when the podcast has the proper funding the proper production then i will but i digress point being is that florida you know, I've i I have my stories, I have my tales from Florida, but I mean, at the end of the day, seriously, I, at the end of it all, I um, it's a weird place, and imagining it in the eighties, imagining Florida in the eighties, must oh man, that, I uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he called the eighties the modern Wild West, <laughs> and it was, you know, it anything went anything happened, you know what I mean, like, oh, so many dark twists and turns and uncomfortable stories, oh, man, like, you, anytime you go, so this happened to me in the 80s, you know you're in for something juicy, so I couldn't help myself with that one, you know, being in the 80s and stuff, and that's the thing, you know, honestly, sky's the limit with what, whatever it is that caused them to feel that, but see, that's, that's that, that's that common factor, you know, that's that common, you know, why is it that, that, um, why is it that we have this ability? We, we can sit there and just feel something. We can just feel the uncomfortable, the uncanny. We feel it. We feel it and we, and we, and we can't even explain it. It's just humans, humans are, uh, humans are interesting. Humans are really really interesting so uh, we are coming to the bottom of the hour I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run I'm gonna run a quick ad and we will be back so don't so don't touch that dial don't go anywhere let's just take a little pee break let's go enjoy ourselves but um we're going we're, we're to hit to a quick break and afterwards we're going to continue with the last two story. Oh. Turkeys. Chickens. Peacocks. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? For us here at Organic Raw Roots Farms, for us, it's family. Partnered with Amazon, we present the Cluckers Trail Mix. Grown from a small farm, and operated by a small business, we want to share what we love. We offer no sprays, all natural, non-GMO. We want the best for our flock and yours. Packed with the calcium that your hens need, it will provide stronger eggshells. Remember, a healthy hen is a happy hen. We hand-blend each batch in small increments, spending more time and love for your flock to get everything that they need. Packed with love, our clients tell us that we make snacks with love and passion. And that's not a coincidence. Why? Because we want the best for your flock and pets. Gently freeze-dried mealworms and other bugs to seal in the flavor. Hand-picked peas and sunflower seeds. We put thoughtfully into members of your family, as we said before, to us, their family. Do homesteading the right way, the organic Raw Roots Farms way. (laughs) We are back. We are back. What did you guys think of that message, huh? Pretty good. That little, uh, the little message. Anyway, so, we're back, we have two stories left, and we're gonna cut it dry. It's actually been a really fun episode, I've actually thoroughly been enjoying it, and I hope everyone enjoyed their little, the little nosh, their little breaky break, um, hopefully, uh. Hopefully it wasn't a too long of a break. Hopefully it was just long enough. Hope it didn't bore you. Sorry if it did. But business as usual. So, here we are. Here we are. Story number four. Story four. Submitted by yellow slash red. Interesting name. No underscores. Just yellow slash red. It goes as says, my girlfriend at the time and I went camping five hours away from, from home for her birthday slash anniversary. We made the trip the day after a big storm passed through. We left town early and got there in the early afternoon. A gentleman at the entrance to the campgrounds mentioned that there was no one else staying there that weekend. So we thought to ourselves, oh, this is going to be sick. So first, we drove down those long pathways to our designated area. As you got closer to it, the road began to narrow. So basically, you had to back out to get out. We unloaded the car got the tent set up, and decided to go walk around the woods. It was dead silent. But it was still bright out, so we just took in all the nature we could and walked away a few miles. We reached this point in the woods where there were some weird-looking white cabins. They were very uniform, all built the exact same way. Like... I guess they were a part of some sort of camping ground, but they seemed way out of the way and there was no signs of life. It felt very eerie, to be honest with you. Like, it shouldn't have been there. So we turned around and walked back. We took a breather in the tent and then started a fire in the fire pit. Unfortunately, neither of us had ever been camping before and had no idea how to start a fire. So, we had bought some of those self-lighting logs from Walmart and some lighter fluid, but everything else around us was soaked to the bone from the rain that had passed through the day before. We knew we needed uh, the kindling of some sort, but any, any dry sticks or leaves were far, f- far and few between. Eventually, we got a small fire going and ate hot dogs and marshmallows and spent some time looking at the stars. Then we noticed just how dark it was out there. My girlfriend was easily spooked. And she thought, and she said, can we just get in the tent now? So we put out the fire and crawled into the tent. We were talking to each other, but I could tell she was really tense. Suddenly, she put her hand over my mouth and was like, shh, do you hear that? And before I could respond, we heard footsteps, like, heavy footsteps it sounded like a group of people walking i whispered to her it's probably just some animals or something but then we heard mumbling like low mumbling like we we couldn't make out the words but it didn't sound like an animal and it's definitely not a sound an animal can can make it sounded like words but hushed and non-elaborated We sat in silence, staring at each other in the dark for what felt like forever. The mumbling got louder, as did the footsteps, until it sounded like they were right outside of our tent. We both froze. I didn't think either of us were breathing. And then, silent. We waited, and waited, and waited. I'm not sure how much time passed. But eventually, my girlfriend looked at me and said, we have to get to your car. The adrenaline was pumping. So I peeked out of the tent into the darkness and told her to stay behind me. Then we ran to the car. I locked the doors and she looked at me and she said, what the heck was that? We cannot stay here. No one is supposed to be out here but us. So what the heck was that? I kept looking around for any signs of life, but we were sudden. we were just seemingly alone, excuse me. I looked at her, and I th- and I said, okay, look, I'm going to grab our stuff, and you can stay in the car. We had our ice chest and our tent out. I hopped out and ran. I grabbed our ice chest, tossed it into the back seat. As I turned around to go get the tent, I started hearing footsteps closing in again. In a moment of pure terror, I yanked the tent out of that ground, wrapped the tarp around it, and slung it over my shoulder like I was some panicked Santa Claus and shoved it into the trunk. I didn't say anything when I got in the car except, do we have everything here? My girlfriend said yes, and I floored it in reverse, and we were out of that camping area. We then came to a fork in the road that went in like six different directions. I asked my girlfriend as she remembered which path we came down to get in here, and she told me that she did not know. We chose a random one and ended up in a different camping spot. I cursed under my breath and slammed it into reverse again. Then I noticed from the angle we had exited from, I could see the main path back to the gate thanks to a small sign behind an overgrown bush. As we hightailed it out of here, I noticed there was a single, small green light out in the woods to our right, and it was right near where our designated spot was. We drove the entire five hours back to our hometown and fell asleep on my girlfriend's parents' couch at around four in the morning. We never talked about that trip ever again. And I hadn't had any desire to camp since, and he ends it with a L-O-L. <laughs> oh, vay Oh, listen, listen. I've I've heard creepy, creepy stories of people camping, and then just randomly, someone will just approach the circle the campfire, your zen of peace, you know, listen, I know some people go, well, well, you know, it doesn't have to be a negative, listen, a campfire circle, when you're enjoying yourself with a group of people and all that, it's a universally known thing, like human beings, we all know it, that's their circle, and if you weren't a part of that circle before sundown, that means you ain't gonna be in it, you have no reason. You have no rhyme or reason to be near them. I went camping in Moab once, and it was a uh, it was gorgeous, gorgeous camping. But I went camping in Moab once, and I'm planning on going back really soon. But point is, is I sat on top of this uh, this overlook, gorgeous view. I'm talking oh, gorgeous view. It was sensationally gorgeous. And um, it was a full moon. So, I mean, the whole valley that was right below us was just lit. And we could see. It was moonlit. It was gorgeous. It was sensational. But there was this uncomfortable feeling. Because every so often, it wasn't common, but every so often, like it wasn't common, but it wasn't rare either, a car would drive by. A vehicle, you know, a truck or a or a Jeep, you know. They would drive by. And anytime that they drove by, I, I always got uneasy. Not to the point like, you know, the past few stories where they've gotten that uneasy. But just uneasy as in like, oh, please don't come over here. Please don't come over. You know, it's like you're kind of crossing your fingers, that kind of uneasiness, where it's like, please, please don't. And I'm always like that. In nearly every camping experience I ever go to, I am almost always like that. Um, Just because I like my privacy. I like my circle. Please don't come near it. You know, just like I said, if you weren't there before the sun went down, before the sun touches the earth, (laughs) please don't, don't, don't even, you know, don't even get near my circle. Because when it gets swallowed by by the ho- by the horizon and you're not there, you're not there. Unfortunately, that camping trip was spent with some people I do not enjoy anymore, uh, and it was just it was it was one of the most weird camping experiences of my life. And one of the people that I did not enjoy in particular, I didn't even know him. He was a friend of a friend, and he uh, he needs to work on himself. <laughs> I doubt he'll ever hear my podcast, but if he does, hey man, uh, I hope you get some help because you have a lot of demons about you and uh, it's not healthy at all for anyone to be around you. And that's not an insult. Like, I really mean that in constructive criticism, but I digress. Yeah, no. Um uh. So just the very idea of camping, laying down. Like if I get uneasy just sitting around a fire, imagine how uneasy I'm going to feel when I'm sitting around a campfire. I'm enjoying myself. I'm I'm relaxing. And I hear somebody walking around my tent. Listen, I'm going to be very honest. I I do own a firearm. And I enjoy it. That pistol is my little buddy. I own a Beretta M9A3. Beautiful weapon. And before anybody goes, but it's not American. Shut up. Who cares? Who cares? Seriously? Who cares? You know? Yes, in the process, I actually am going to buy a Smith & Wesson. I'm going to buy a Smith & Wesson Easy Pistol. But for now, I, I, I I own a Beretta M9A3, and boy, do I love it. But I'm saying this not to like flaunt myself or anything, but I'm saying this because let me tell you something. If I'm laying in my tent, first of all, if if I'm camping now, you best believe that that pistol, that that Italian made steel is on my hip. And two, if you're walking around my tent at three in the morning and I don't know who you are, assume the other side of that tent the side that I'm on, there's a barrel pointed straight at you. And I have no shame in saying that. That, That's uncomfortable stuff. Especially when you hear mumbling and it sounds like a group of people. No way, dude. No way. Walking onto someone's campsite. Oh, that is caveman 101. You just don't do it. You know, we've been. This is etiquette that mankind have been has been trying to follow for thousands of years so let's not you know let's not forget this please because it seems like these stories it's like it's people are acting like it's some sort of a, a lost art form no it's not it's just common sense it's embedded in our DNA. excuse me it's embedded in our DNA so yeah yeah like you're gonna walking on my campsite mercy me and that's the thing. Oh, can you imagine, like, anywhere else in the world? Like in South America? Oh, my days. No way, dude. No, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. This story is written by White Gray Black. Oh, that's funny, because the last story was what? Red slash orange or something like that? Huh. This one is written by White Gray Black. He says, and I quote, when I was in high school, my friends and I went out to a really remote spot in the mountains to camp. Oh, mountain story. Okay. Uh, just to get there, you needed a pretty serious off-roader. Oh, he's doing one of these. Guys, listen to me. Hold on. Let me put a pause on this real quick. Listen to me. Listen to me. Are you listening? That, that's what I want to do for the podcast. I want to go to these weird places where you need an off-roading vehicle, like an overlander. Oh, can you can you imagine just no, seriously, imagine it. Imagine me sitting in the middle of Death Valley. And I have my overlanding vehicle. And I'm doing an episode. I'm coming to you from the middle of the desert, Death Valley, under a bed full of stars. Oh, just, this guy so far has the right idea. And I was like, did you not read this? I skimmed it. Didn't really read all the details. So, uh, you know, this was kind of organic. My, uh, these are my raw experiences. But that, look at that. Just to get there, you needed a pretty serious off-roader. That's what I'm trying to get, is a pretty serious off-roader. Ooh, it's going to be nice. I'm sorry. Continuing. I was about 30 miles up a super rough road. There were river crossings, huge boulders in the road, and tons of sand pits. This road took us all day. But all day, we didn't see a single other person. No one passed us. We didn't see anyone camping. Nothing. At one point, one of my friends noted that it looked like no one had even driven on the road in a while, which was weird because this was in Colorado, and roads and trails like this are really popular. Something worth pointing out, though, this road led into a box canyon, which is basically nature's cul-de-sac. The road we were on was the only road in and the only road out. All around us were these massive cliffs. And another thing, we were deep in the mountains, far from any cell service. On top of that, we were in a box canyon, which even if you're next to a city, never has any service. Now, with all that being said, we eventually got to the spot and set up camp. Every time we go camping, we we would play capture the flag. This trip was no exception. We waited for it to get dark and then boom, it started. We're deep in the middle of the second round. Me and one of my friends on my team hop up on the road which ran parallel to the area we were playing in and it seemed like a good way to get around to the other flag. Walking down road, we began to see a glow coming towards us. Our first thought was, yeah, it's just another 4x4 coming towards us. But as we got As it got closer, we noticed it was a young woman holding up her phone, looking for service. She was still at a distance, but we could tell she was panicky. She was rushing and stumbling all at the same time. And she didn't even seem drunk. It was really weird. So we called out to her. Hello? No response. But it was... It wasn't that she just ignored us. It was like she didn't even realize that we were even there. We tried again. Hey, are you okay? Nothing. As she's passing us, we realize that she's crying. Again. Hey, you okay? She stumbles right past us, never showing a single sign that she saw us. The whole time, She's just looking at her phone for service. My friend and I are frozen. We watch her go, still stumbling, still crying. She rounded a turn and then disappeared. I yell out to everyone else to meet back at the camp, and we do. I tell them what we just saw. And I'm not proud to admit this because it seemed like she needed help but we kind of got creeped out. So we told each other that we'd stay in the camp that night, and in the morning, we'd go looking. The first thing we do in the morning is is decide right then and there that there must be some other people camped down, down near the road. They must know her. So we go down to the end of the road, and there's no sign of anyone. Then we decided to go to the entrance of the road and look for the woman. So we drive to the entrance, which took all day and nothing. I still feel pretty guilty for not trying harder to help her, but I kept thinking about how she got in that position. It just didn't make sense. She didn't look like a hiker. She had on regular jeans and a sweater. If she had gotten in the canyon from the other side, it would require a very technical descent. She would have needed gear, and she didn't even have a backpack on. We were pretty sure we were the only ones that had driven down that road in a very long time. So it's not like someone dropped her off and left her. And the whole time we saw her, she was holding up her phone looking for service. If she knew that area at all, she would know there's no way that she was going to find service. I don't know what to make of it. But I do know. That the image of that woman. Stumbling in the dark. Crying. Has been seared in my brain. Ever since. I just got chills. I'm not even kidding. I just got chills up my spine. I am. Um, oh my word. <laughs> that one got me. That one really got me. Oh my gosh, that one actually really got me. Ooh. Listen, I, um... Whenever I talk about ghosts and stuff, I always bring up the notion of a time flash. A time flash. Uh, What I mean by that is there is a theory among the scientists that Perhaps what is a ghost sighting is what is believed to be what is coined as a time flash, where two two moments of time will blend together. They will mend into one piece of time. And um, now, the future will never go towards the past. It is believed that the past will go towards the future. Um, and uh, the reason for that is because you know there's certain parallels that exist in which uh, you know people are in a modern day uh, a setting and then you know they will experience a flash but nothing like the environment itself doesn't change it's just they see somebody now what's weird though is some people would imagine well does 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 the entity look horrified that their that their point of view has changed or are they now seeing TVs and they don't know what the heck that is I don't know but my theory is is that the environment stays the same it is only us humans that are affected and why is that I have no idea I have no idea why humans are um or blended with you know, are special when it comes to the blending of time. You know, because you don't see any haunted buildings. You know, granted, oh, although mine was pretty creepy. Mine was a little creepy, and maybe that was a time flash. I don't know, but I rarely use time flash as uh, as an example or a possibility. I I rarely do. So, but I will uh I will tell you this. I will tell you this, and I will say this. there is a common phenomena, and I do believe this. I personally believe it. But I've heard many stories where it is believed in the paranormal world that in moments like that, you are actually witnessing the last moments of the deceased. It is being projected as like some creepy show being played for you. You know? I actually knew a guy back in Miami. Obviously, I won't say his name, and and I'm not even going to tell you the story. Uh, that story really makes me uncomfortable. Very uneasy. I don't... Because I feel like it brings negative energies, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't really like sharing it. But I, I'll just give you the very, very brief... A gentleman I knew in Miami. He was actually a childhood friend. We grew up together. He had a friend who unfortunately uh, took his own life. He, as therapy, he he told me as like a sense of like therapy, he went to the spot where his friend ended his life. And so he, oh man. (laughs) So he ended up, going and you know he wanted to feel closer to his friend and stuff and he ended up going back like two or three times and one day I see him and I go hey man hey have you ever gone back to you know to that spot you know to like honor your friend and he goes yeah I I actually used to go for a while but then I stopped going I said why and he goes well let me tell you and he basically explained the story and there's a lot of detail to it but once again I don't want to I don't like it I don't like the energies that that story gives but he essentially just tells me that he, the, the last time he went, he saw a person that basically looked exactly like his friend. And even had the same outfit on as his friend when his friend was found uh, deceased. He says he called out to his friend. He wasn't that far. He was like probably like 50 yards away. And he was calling out to his friend. And as if there was no sound at all or or anything. He then basically witnessed his friend take his own life. It was like a replay of the event that just happened in front of him. And he said, when the act happened, there was no sounds. There was nothing, no echoes of anything, no, no audios of anything. It was, he said, it looked like I just watched a scene on mute. And he said, uh, you know, there's the way that, uh, that person fell. He fell behind a rock that blocked his vision. And when he sprinted and looked over behind the rock, this big old uh, the boulder, uh, there was no one there. And he said he bolted. And once again, there's like a lot of, um, uh, a lot of buildup to it that's really dark and unnecessary and I don't like it. And, uh, it was just, um... I I guess I'm just saying that there are, there are times where that happens, you know, and I know other people who've who've gone through their own thing, but that, that happens. I do believe that. And unfortunate as that sounds, that girl is probably dead. And we, and that story just talked about her last moments of life. (laughs) There's a, there's a movie called Deja Vu. It has um, Denzel Washington in it, and it's a great movie. Oh my gosh, is it a great movie? But it has Denzel Washington in it, and he talks. So you know, there's like this part in this scene, and he's talking. He's talking about an event, and he's talking to these people on this headset, and he basically tells them, uh, the people on on the headset. He basically tells them that you're about to witness a murder because there's like a lot of time being bent and bended and all that and he tells him he's like hey you know you you guys are looking at his last moments of life and you're about to you know and you're about to witness a murder and you know of course and you know it's like an action movie so of course there's murder and stuff like that but point being is as grim as it sounds and like doing like a weird echo to that movie it's like you you just witnessed the past like you were in the past but at the same time you weren't and maybe that girl that looked over at the at the writer of the story or didn't even look over but like couldn't look at him didn't even acknowledge him, because maybe you were never there for her and i don't mean that in that way but you know like you weren't there you were not existing in that time in that spot you know, but you witnessed her end, and I wouldn't be surprised if you did follow her down the road. She might have led you to her corpse. As weird as it sounds, I would not be surprised if that's a thing. You know, if that's like an ending, but that is very unnatural, very uncanny. Wow. So, so uh, I say this was a pretty fun episode. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed recording this. So, anyway. Thank you so much for sitting down and enjoying conversations at midnight with me. Uh, I love doing the show. I don't see myself ending for a while. If anything, you know, like I say a lot in the past few episodes, I want to grow. I want to take this somewhere else, how I originally envisioned the podcast. And hopefully I can get there. Hopefully I can make it. And I think I will. So anyway, thank you so much for lending me your ear tonight. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Wherever you are, wherever you may be in this, you know, whatever time zone you exist in. I hope you have a great morning, great afternoon, good evening, and I hope you have a great night. This has been Conversations at Midnight coming to you from Central Utah, west of the Rockies. Hope you have a good one. Thank you. Oh, and before I forget, Let's let's leave you with a song of the week. This week, the song will be Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. I thought it would be appropriate since we spoke about the 80s and all that. So the song of the week is Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. Thank you. Have a good one.